so let me just introduce myself, Gary Bennett, and I. Uh, Kevin and I came up with this idea of starting a podcast to talk about art and politics. Is that what, how we defined it, Kevin? That's that was kind of the initial. That was the impetus, I would say. And uh, would you say that sort of almost covers everything? <laughs> Everything in the landscape of Homo sapiens? It certainly covers everything that I give a shit about. <laughs> uh, does it cover, let's see, health, medical? Well, medical, certainly. Politics politics, I mean, politics plays a giant role in, in medical. And science? Are we leaving out science? Or is the description art and politics just big enough so we can go anywhere? Um. I don't know that I'm particularly knowledgeable about science beyond reading like modern science and magazines like that when I was younger. It was, I was definitely more. Oh, wait a second. So that's a problem. You mean we have to be knowledgeable about politics and art for us to have a podcast about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how this works. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't. I mean, I, my, my girlfriend definitely watches some people on YouTube that I don't think are particularly knowledgeable talk about things. Well, all you have to do is watch Fox News. There's nobody's knowledgeable. Oh my, well, I, or they're lying. Actually, I think they're knowledgeable and they're lying. And they're lying. I, I right. Think they it know takes exactly a lot of like doing. canniness to kind of misconceive or misconstrue facts in the way that they do. And who's talking now is Drew Robinson, our first guest. We're going to have a guest often at these podcasts, and Drew is our first. Glad to be here. Really honored. And... Kevin, my thinking about inviting Drew as a guest is because he's, I would say, an expert on podcasts. <laughs> Everyone thinks that. It's, it's Andy sends me like these freelance gigs all the time, like head of head of podcasting one week thing. I'm like, I don't. I mean, I I, I had a podcast. It failed spectacularly. So, well, <laughs> you certainly know more about podcasts than me. And Kevin, you just admitted that you're not really a. I've only I've I've heard about two or three podcasts in my life when in the van on tour. When someone else who's really into podcasts puts them on, yeah, driving yeah. to a gig. People who are into podcasts are really into podcasts. They are really, trying into to get podcasts. really into podcasts. And when you create a podcast like we're doing right now, is it bad to have a broad definition like art and politics? Is that bad? Well, I think we've established I would be the last guy to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that bad to have a broad topic or do you really have to like zero in on something narrow? I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the the Wild West still, even though, you know, podcasting has been around uh, for over a decade now. But it's um, there's still no one's really figured out a formula yet. You have the Giants who are going through, you know, iHeartRadio, NPR, these kind of established things. And I think they can afford to be much broader. Like, wait, wait. So NPR is considered a podcast, or is that a radio station? Well, they were smart and early on. All of their um, shows also have podcast um, versions. Yeah. So, so somebody edits their new show down to a podcast. Their new shows, but also you know their cooking shows, all the ones that like from affiliate stations, mm -hmm. um, and that way you know something that might have only been heard on you know CBC before can now be broadcast all over the world to get a bigger audience. Um, so really smart, like NPR was really smart about it early on. And the barriers to entry are really low. So anybody <laughs> can do it, right? So right. there's a lot of crap out there. Right. But I mean, this can't be crap with how nice these <laughs> well, microphones we are. Yeah. I got, someone told me to do a podcast back in 2005. What, I, 2005? Really early on. Uh, I was... I was helping out, there's this record label, Rope It Over Records. I believe the owner's name is Andy Hurwitz, if I remember correctly. And I was like helping him with stuff. And I was just like regaling him with like stories about, you know, things that have happened to me in my lifetime. And he was just like, man, you should start a podcast. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was at that point. 
Right. Well, you're doing Kevin stories now on YouTube. Yeah, so yeah. Is that your version of it? The That's contemporary sort of my version, version of, of it? it? Just like telling, telling my hits, telling the hits. Oh, cool. <laughs> Getting kidnapped in Colombia, going to trial for felony assault with a deadly weapon. Well, one of the you things know, that the I hits. find comfortable here is that there's no camera. It's just audio. Yeah. So we don't have to look good, <laughs> right? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. It's. I still was like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm a different person if I feel like I don't look good, even if no one can see me. So, mm-hmm. I, it's for I, you. I, I still, so it doesn't really I matter. I still made the effort, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it's one of the tenets of the satanic Bible is aesthetic. You got to have an aesthetic. Why would they put it in there if it's not important or uh, evil or satanic? Why do you know that? I, I think there's a time in every young man's life where he looks into the, the religion looks of Satanism. Looks into Satanism? Yeah. I, <laughs> no? Is that, I, I don't know, I, I, my my girlfriend got into like witchcraft for a while, but she's from the Caribbean. I feel like that's more common. Oh there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she said her spells didn't work, so she stopped. Oh, <laughs> so that reminds me: is religion covered under art and politics? Uh, I mean, I would say Jesus Christ was something of a politician in the early days. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I, I would, I would say yes, in the way that, the way that the evangelical right has such a stranglehold on the Republican party. And, and the, in fact, they're having a big rally today in Washington, aren't they? The March, oh, they? March for life. And then, uh, I think Trump just spoke there. First president to actually appear at the March for life. By the way, I don't find it at all coincidental that he made that strike on Iran the day before he went to like speak at the evangelical support group for Trump. Like, right. I, I don't, I, I think that was intentional. So the politics of this podcast will be def- de- definitely left, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, and, but left or liberal? Uh, well, you want to tell me what the difference is? I'm not, I'm not super up on this because this feels like a distinction between millennials and the Zoomers, which is you know the, the generation coming up under millennials. Is that wait, 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 wait. They're Zoomers? They're is that they what they're called? called? I think that's what they call themselves, at least on Twitter. Really? Yeah, but they're uh, a lot. Of, they they're don't... on Twitter already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, wait, what age group are we talking about here? Like, like uh, I think the oldest is like it's like sixteen to twenty-five. The, the, these are these are the kind of people whose parents like secured their Instagram and Twitter account <laughs> when they were babies, yeah. just so they'd have it when they got older. Madison Marshall Avery. I have seen that. I have I have stumbled across Instagram pages. That I am 100% sure are a, a friend's baby so that they'll have it when they get older. I've been waiting to call some of you them. You mean the parents are populating their baby's Instagram account? No, with, they just secured, with, they just just secured secure the name. Like so, sitting on pets.com or something. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> so, so left versus liberal. The liberals are seen as more of like more complicit to capitalism, whereas the leftists are more anti-capitalist, more Marxist, more like classical revolutionary uh, philosophy and politics. But the liberals are like, we want progressivism, but still participating in the current system. I think, didn't AOC, who's a leftist, right? She's a democratic socialist, which is a leftist, right. yeah. But she did say recently that she believes in capitalism. So does that square with what you're saying or? No, I mean, it depends on how she believes in it. Because like, even our current form of capitalism, there's a lot of um, socialist policies like, a lot of the ways we use taxes are, are pretty socialist. Well, when a bunch of people get together and build a road, is that socialism? Right. I mean, our public schools are certainly socialism. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. It seems like the word socialism has a like a sort of a negative connotation in America. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. So right here we have three generations. I was born in the 50s, so I grew up in the 60s. You were born in Kevin, 70s. 70s and grew up in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, 80s were like prime. In the 90s. I still 90s. had a lot of growing to do, I think, even, yeah. even in the 2000s. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I, the, I'm i 80s. I had a Pac-Man Fever t-shirt. <laughs> was it hypercolor? Uh, it, was, it was really stiff iron-on. <laughs> that would almost stand up by itself. Nice. And so I, you were actually coming like uh, you were a teenager when the internet happened. Yeah, I uh, my or in your twenties. My, my sister was te super tech forward, and she got me a Pine email account in '95. Pine, P-I-N-E. Yeah, that was Pine was from the University of Washington. Some people there made it. It was it was the first kind of widespread text. It was really? email text only, and um, I only had one because my sister is super tech forward, and she got me one. But I remember getting to college in '95, and there was a computer lab in the dorm and it was like watching everyone's first experience with the internet we all went to we all went there and we're like getting in chat groups and being like whoa i'm like talking to this guy in australia and, I'm and this is the height of aol or aol is like just started sounds then? like kind of pre the height of aol oh really because like I, I feel like aol they were sending out those discs yeah yeah then. and they, the, the amount of free time you got kept getting bigger yeah, like yeah. 24 free that was at a point where they thought they could meter it out and then they finally gave up eventually yeah my parents they they still have an aol address but if you had an aol email address you still had to pay for it for like a long time. They finally like caught up to Gmail and made it free. And now AOL is owned by Verizon? Probably. Yeah. Didn't Verizon buy AOL and then they bought Yahoo? So they own both of them now, I think. Uh, that seems like a kind of a, a trust, yeah. like kind of a monopoly thing. And then AOL and Yahoo are, in one, are combined under a company called Oath. Have you heard of that? God, yeah. no. And, How okay. do you know all this? Uh, where where do you learn this? <laughs> It seems appropriate <laughs> for the political podcast, though. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess it does, because uh, I mean, that's like that's a question, right? Like how much, how 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 the internet factors in terms of media, and like what Facebook's responsibility is. Like, uh, do, should they have the same responsibilities and freedoms and rights granted to you know print media? Right. And it was in, I remember when AOL developed, and then it started falling apart because the internet blew open, right? You didn't need the AOL to enter the internet. You could right. just enter the internet without AOL. And that's when AOL started falling apart. Yeah, because before you like they had keyword portals and things right. like that. But then Facebook happened. It's just almost like Facebook was just the reimagined AOL. Yeah. Sort of, wasn't it? It's kind of like shrunk the internet back. Yeah. And so maybe that uh, doesn't bode well for Facebook's future, perhaps. Oh, wow. Um, heavy. I, I didn't mean to be heavy. <laughs> I, I often dream of like scenarios where, uh, social media as we know it steps back from being as important as it in, as it is in our lives and our careers, but I can never actually visualize what it would be like, like how that, how that would happen. But right. I, I but, would prefer it if it did. And what's fascinating about this is that, you know, the world of journalism uh, they actually have master's degree programs in journalism where a large part of the degree is ethics, the ethics of journalism. And then when social media sort of like took journalism over, 
there was no ethics attached to it. Social media was just wide open, let anything happen. Uh, and, and it left the ethics behind. So I think we have forgotten that ethics is an important part of journalism. Mm. Uh, so I think today it's just become that much more obvious. How does something like, um, you know, always having two sources and just kind of the rigors of, of truth verification, how does that factor into ethics of journalism? Or are they separate? Oh, I, no, I think that's very important. Uh, having sources, uh, not necessarily naming them to, the, to a third party, but having sources and checking on them, mm -hmm. you know? Because that uh, feels like that's also you, fallen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure it's fallen at the Washington Post and the New York Times. I'd like to th not think that it has. And I, it would be really good if somebody like Facebook imposed those kinds of ethics. But I guess they've resisted doing that. They well, they have their the, their whole stance is that they're they're not a media company. Yeah, they're yeah. It's the public square. Let people it's do what they want. It's just a platform. It's not a media company. Yeah, and that's the big debate that's raging. But it's like I don't know how many times Mark Zuckerberg is 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 going to who's go. a closet Republican, by the way. I'm pretty sure. Really, I yeah. I I sort of I sort of feel like he is too. You can't have that much money without being a Republican in some <laughs> form. Yeah, right. Well, we have Bloomberg. Right, who is not a closet Republican? Who is? Yeah, I'm not sure what. Well, he is, is he a Republican? I, I well, he was I'm a Republican, and then now he declares himself a Democrat. So. Right, so was Warren. But he was yeah. a Democrat before he declared himself a Republican. Also, he really? declared himself a Republican because it was the way to win the mayorship. Yeah, yeah, he was a Democrat before he declared himself a Republican and got Rudy Giuliani to give the 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 most half-hearted endorsement you'll ever see. <laughs> it was right after September 11th, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he got he got Giuliani to sort of endorse him on the mic one time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that that's how that's how he got elected. Wow. America's mayor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that he's spending his billions uh on all these anti-Trump ads. I just love that. I I'm I'm a big fan of Bloomberg for spending his money to unseat Donald Trump. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. So far, he spent a quarter of a billion dollars. I mean, think about that. By the way, how topical does this have to be? Podcasts. I think that's up to you. I mean, it's it's, it's I, up to us, Kevin. Does it have to be topical? Does that mean we have to start reading so every go day? Do fucking yeah. homework and watch, <laughs> listen to a bunch of podcasts and figure out how this shit is supposed to be done because I have no idea. Well, I, I think maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should just chat, right? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I think we could. Like, hey. The Grammys are this Sunday. Oh, I didn't even know. I, I, you didn't I, even know. Wait, you're say, a musician. Yeah, and it's like the Grammys. It's like file under who cares, generally, <laughs> yeah. in, my, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I do think it's... I mean, do we even know who's the one nominated? The one interesting development is in all of that, I would say, is it's, it's interesting to see how Chance the Rapper giving away all of his music sort of single-handedly force them to change how they calibrate success in terms of the Grammys because he had zero record sales. Oh, so he gave them away he was, to elevate he himself? He always gave all his music away. And, and did he, he win a Grammy? This, he became this, you know, um, I believe, look it up. I, I can't remember because I, I honestly don't follow the Grammys because I, okay. gen I generally don't care, but I thought it was interesting that he changed he he basically they were gonna have to eventually anyway but he in particular sort of forced them to change the way that they they calibrate 
stats because he was not selling any music, but he was so prominent, you know? So YouTube you think- plays are becoming a much bigger part of, of how they how they measure sales and what that what that's doing is it's making people sort of re-releasing the same song with new videos periodically it's sort of changing the way people approach a release in kind of interesting ways although like i said i i you know the grammys is historically has been like a celebration of you know how much money did you make for time warner basically is it any different than the oscars does it have less integrity than the oscars um or is it just the nature of award shows? I think it's probably mostly the nature of award shows. I, I personally have to tell you that I prefer watching the Grammy Awards to the Oscars. I think it's more fun really? <laughs> to watch the Grammys. What's more fun about it? Well, just the music, mainly. Yeah. You know? And also crazy shit happens on the Grammys, you know? So. Like leaving... Was that the Grammys where they like left? They accidentally left Stevie Wonder like sitting at a piano oh, and they like no. moved on. And it was like, like that, yeah. Cisco or someone had to be, <laughs> or, or uh, Nick Cannon, I think. And it, didn't Kanye West come up and grab the award out of Taylor Swift's hands? <laughs> didn't that happen at the Grammys? Yeah, I, was, I think it was the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two thousand. Uh, I was my freshman year of college, so it would have been oh nine. Mm-hmm. Not to date myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a less tightly controlled. Wasn't the show. Grammys? Where was it? MTV Music Awards? Oh, uh, okay. People's ah. Choice. Oh, and that's Ethan choice. Ethan Gustafson, our engineer. Yes. Who's not on mic. Turn up the game all gain all. Also the way. our fact checker, it turns out. <laughs> yes, I see that. <laughs> so how long, Drew, should mm-hmm. podcasts be? I mean, I, I believe very I mean, how long have we been talking so far? Do we it even feels know? Like forever. No. <laughs> I f- I feel like you should that's that's one reason to do uh, you know, a few test episodes because if you just, you know, ape someone else's style and statistics. Um, well, I don't feel we're aping anybody right now. Right. Right. Yeah. But I, you got to you gotta do a few episodes, I think, to figure out what you want it to be. Is mine being 20 minutes? 20 minutes deep, I think. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like uh-huh. you'll feel like what's comfortable um, for you guys, like how much, you know, you want to put into it. And then like, oh, now we boiled down the formula after, you know, three, four test episodes and is what we want. Is it good to have a formula or is it better just to be improv I I think people like patterns. I'm not sure is that for us, Ethan Kevin? Agrees. Ethan's my guy. I'm going to Ethan on... Yeah. Oh, God. Kevin, we need focus. Christ. Uh, that just, might be a problem for us. <laughs> we need Adderall. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I feel the same. Even if it's just... this, If the segments are rambly, but at least there's a segment like... You know, even if you don't follow what you set up the segment to be, um, it gives the illusion of organization. And I think that's very important to people. Well, so does that mean that um, a couple of days before Kevin and I get together, we have to have a conversation about, hey, what are we going to talk about then at the next podcast? Is that something we should do or should we just show up like today? That sounds like work. What if yeah. you still, like, bullet, <laughs> I don't want to do work. <laughs> like, you know, here's- this is fun, though. Yeah. Right now it's fun. It is. And I think it could be fun with a little bit of work, like a little bit of work, a little, a, a little bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you just like maybe put up like a whiteboard or a computer screen. So you have like have the things you want to cover visible. So even when you kind of get rambly, you can always like, oh, we should get back to let's circle back to the VMAs or whatever. And having a topic each time would be nice, too. So I could do a little bit of like 
oh, you know, I'll probably, if we're going to talk about that, I'll want to talk about this, but I can't remember what year it was. Or I can't remember if it was the MTV Music Awards or the Grammys or like whatever. And so, and so I, I was surprised because about two hours ago, I got an email about the Grammy Awards saying, oh, wow, so the Grammys are this Sunday. I'll bring that up at the podcast because Kevin will know all about it <laughs> because he's a musician. He's a composer. He's deep into the music business. So I'll bring it up. And I did bring it up. And you dismissed it as just garbage. <laughs> well, it's not garbage. I, it's, it's, it's nice to celebrate people's achievements but it but it is so blatantly based on how much money did you make you know for the big guys mm-hmm. so i have a hard time caring the well, oscars that, is probably the same thing well but no since I'm not uh, roma there, roma didn't make a lot of money as a movie and didn't that get best picture that was a netflix movie netflix movie yes right? but now netflix bought it and they buried it so who's watching roma now who talks about roma now and that's a separate point netflix. but it got best picture it did so, and it didn't make a lot of money. So that doesn't happen in the Grammys. You got to sell it, to get y- noticed. Y- well, you, you have to get noticed. Like, like I said, they're, they've, they're, they're changing the way that they're, they're um, sort of measuring the data. But at the end of the day, it still kind of comes down to, you know, how much money, how much money did you make somewhere, like for somebody or mm-hmm. something, you know? And, and there's always like, you know, can't, there's always Romas, you know, there, there's, there are like people like that, but even like, you know, it was a big deal when Esperanza, Esperanza Spalding won. It's like, mm-hmm. she's, she was still generating a bunch of money for people, you know, um, even if she was like a less common sort of candidate. Um, oh, and my God, I'm just looking at the website for the Grammy Awards and the number of categories is huge. Oh yeah. You don't see a lot of it. Alternative, jazz, world music, music for visual media, production. They have, they give a Grammy out for the notes on album covers. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like best new age mastering. There's like (laughs) Grammys for crazy stuff you don't see on Packaging, spoken word. Oh my God. I mean, if you're going to quantify and put metrics around art, maybe that's not a bad way to do it. You don't have 5 million categories. Um, yeah, well... And and I want and I want to say something really quick uh, because it doesn't have to be quick. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Grammys gets it right sometimes, but they just often don't. It's like and I and I want to say this because my friend Andy Falco um, has been nominated for a couple for best bluegrass album and his band the Infamous String Dusters and he won and that's a category bluegrass best bluegrass album uh-huh. he, and his band Infamous String Dusters won. I believe in 2018 or maybe 2017, one of the two. And, and he deserves it. And that band, by the way, it. would that They're, be under a country, the country category, bluegrass? I, because I there mean, is no bluegrass big category. Then it would probably be under a country. It'd be under country. Um, and that, and that's sort of his point. When I was, when I was like, you know, talking to him about it, I was like, man, that's, that's amazing. You know, cause I, I've known people who won really niche Grammys, like the ones we were talking about, like, like, you know, best new age mastering or whatever, like, but I've never known someone who won something like best bluegrass album. Mm-hmm. And he was really quick to be like, you know, there's only like eight. He's like, there's only like eight artists who actually hit all the metrics you have to hit before they'll even consider it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he was basically kind of saying like, I, he didn't think it was that impressive because in his mind, there's so many records out there mm-hmm. that 
there aren't even getting considered because they don't hit certain metrics. Right. You know, and saying it's best record when it's really best record in terms of making a lot of money or at least best record that made a bunch of money. And that was you know? represented by a label who gets the radio plays, right. that has the relationships with this and that. It's it's not like, you know, it, it's sort of like saying world champions when you're talking about, you know, baseball or something. It's like So it looks like the big categories, the categories where they give the awards on the show, the TV show, are under the heading general field and they have record of the year. And so it looks like five or six or seven nominations. Then they have album of the year. These are the big ones, right? Yeah. Like best actor, best picture. Then they have song of the year. What is the difference between record of the year and song of the year? Do we know? Well, record would be a full, a full album. Well, but they have album of the year. So this is what I don't understand. They have record of the year award to the artist and to the producers, recording engineers, and or mixers and mastering engineers. Okay. So the record of the year goes to the artist and the engineers that back up the artists. Okay. Well, that's what it says here. Uh, and then song of the year is a songwriter's award. A song is eligible if it was first released or if it first achieved prominence during the eligibility year. Artist names appear in parentheses. Okay, so you don't even have to be singing the song. Yeah, to I win guess. song of the year. So the, song of the year is composer. That may, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay. And that's you know a cool a cool thing to celebrate. One hundred percent. I you know. And because sometimes we don't know who the composer is, we know who the singer is, right? Yes. We know the performer. Um. So, uh, and that's one of the ones. That is on camera, I believe. Um, I think all the general field ones are on camera, yeah. But it's like, and I understand that you you have to thin thin the field somehow, right? Like you you can't literally <laughs> um, vote on every single song that's released, period, worldwide. Yep. But so much so great stuff gets gets left out, you know, like how. How many amazing bands like Big Star or whoever never won a grant or never even got nominated or even probably hit the metrics to be even considered? And where do you grant. hear where do you hear that group? How do you listen to that group? Um, I mean everywhere. I mean they're how are you how are one you, of those bands. How are you introduced to them? By like the cool kids, you know? They're <laughs> like one of those bands like the like the replacements who like you meet someone who's, you know, like in, if you're in my generation, it's like you meet someone who's really cool in the in the mid '80s, and they're like, this is who they're "Oh, do you know to. the Replacements? Oh, do you know Big Star? Like, and you get put onto that, and you're like, "Whoa, this is so amazing!" You know, or like Velvet Underground too. Like that that yeah. band didn't sell any records when they existed, but you know, Brian Eno says hardly anyone bought the Velvet Underground's first album when it came out, but I think everyone who did went out and started a band, and <laughs> that's why it's so important, you know. And it's like that they weren't getting, you know. Who was it? There was a female singer in Velvet Underground. Well, Nico, the model. The, Nico, that's right. Wait, Nico yeah. from Nico Case? No, 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 no. no. Uh, earlier than that. Um, uh, Nico was a model uh, who Andy Warhol basically was like, I will. She wasn't in the band originally. Andy Warhol was like, I'll pay for your record 
the Velvet Underground and Nico, but it's got to be the Velvet Underground and Nico. She's got to be in the band. She sings. She like, has this soft, sultry voice, if I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was a model. She's got a thick accent even when she sings. She had a, a heroin problem. Um, she died. I believe one of her children actually died with her, like doing heroin, if I have that correct. Oh, God. As the story goes. Um and she was a mess later on. But Andy Warhol just thought she was the bee's knees and was like, yeah. And Lou Reed was not a huge fan. But um, And then Lou Reed, after the Velvet Underground, went on to do well, his own stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's when the Velvet Underground kind of first got noticed was because of, of Lou the Reed. success of Walk on the Wild Side, yep. which was basically... The moment where like Lou Reed's career was going to end if he didn't have a hit. And we're talking about the early 70s for Velvet Underground, aren't we? Yeah, well, the first album was 67. Okay. Which is crazy to me because if you listen to it next to like Rubber Soul. It sounds really modern. It sounds way more modern. Yeah, like Who Loves the Sun could come out in a lot of places today. Yeah, totally. And I'm always struck by that when I hear the Velvet Underground's first album. And I'm like, man, this is the same year as like Rubber Soul. And it sounds so much more modern. And it's so, so still sounds fresh. Yeah, totally. Even the, even though it's like, yeah, you can you can spot the, that the recording techniques are sort of of that era. But it's it's it feels so like modern, like. Because it had such a profound impact on like modern. And I wonder if it won any Grammy awards. Hell no. Like no, no <laughs> nobody bought it. It sold like 5,000 records. It Like it sold nothing. I had an album. I, st- I have that album in my collection. Oh, really? Well, well, yeah, buy it. Go. yeah. That's awesome. Is there a banana on the front? Yeah, there the is. Yes, I think did there's a banana. Did you peel it? Did you <laughs> peel it off? <laughs> I think so, yes. Yeah, it's worth more if you didn't peel it off. <laughs> You oh, it's like it. a scratch and sniff it, or something? It's like Warhol designed it, and it's like this, it's a ban- a banana with like a zipper, and you can like peel the, huh. b- the banana cool. off, but if you if you don't peel it off, the album's worth more. So one song uh, that's been nominated uh, as a record of the year is Billie Eilish's, is it Eilish or Eilish? Eilish. Eilish. Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. That's record of the year, and, she, and that song also got nominated for song of the year. Yeah, that killed on YouTube too. Like that's... Absolutely, how and blew is up. that sort of like if you, uh, you know, how a, a film wins best picture, but the director doesn't get nominated for best director? Um, you know, how there's a schism or there's a problem with that best picture, but the director doesn't get nominated. Yeah, well, yeah. Bad Guy for a lot of her music, it sounds similar, but Bad Guy has a distinct quality from the rest of her music. I think um, that I can see. I think a lot of people got into Bad Guy. And then tried to listen to some other some of her other music and just like didn't get that immediate rush and you know. And would we an be artist. listening to Bad Guy if she wasn't seventeen years old and didn't record it on her brother's bed? I'm well. That's how do how do things blow up? I think that I Bad Guy is super jammy. Like I love listening to it. When I first heard it, like I looped it a bunch. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she was seventeen when I got into it. Also, that's not like a plus for me, but it's got a vibe for sure. Yeah, it's got, it's got a it's got a vibe and. And it's it sounds great. It doesn't sound lo-fi to me, you know. Like, uh, yeah, people use lo-fi to mean a lot of things that aren't lo-fi. Yeah, it 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 sounds. But, but you don't. But you don't deny that it was recorded on her bed. No, but that. But I. I mean, nowadays that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, really. I guess like not. you, because it's it's not like that'd be if it was self-recorded and it had real drum sounds. That would be a feat. But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like probably made on Ableton. Like the the. It's like if you're if you're using canned drum sounds, you don't need you don't need a studio room. It's like 
So, um, well, let me ask which you is this. not to diminish that it's a great track. So and, would the song have improved if they used real instruments and real drums? No. Could you elevate that song to a higher place? by No, because the drum sounds are great on it. They're, it's the a drum, stylistic choice. Yeah, now. it's a stylistic choice. I see. It, it wasn't like so many. So it's not like going to live real instruments always improves a song. No, it's. Because that wasn't like somebody using like reason drum loops because they can't record real drums. That was like someone intentionally using. And that becomes obvious. Yeah, yeah, totally. And this was in, in, in designed to be like, you know, drum machine style sounds, tight, close mic'd, you know, like kind of, but electronic, clearly, you mm -hmm. know. And um, yeah, the vibe, the vibe on that song is really great. I see why it was a hit. Yeah. Gary, did you like Bad Guy? Yep. Yeah. But that's not the first song that got her to be a hit though right it got her noticed that's where i first heard of her but like I blue ocean or something it's like ocean what's it yeah, yeah. all right so something yeah. like that we have to like get the actual thing got the the power of siri and the Spotify. internet no she was a soundcloud oh soundcloud yeah i mean that soundcloud's another like big difference she blew up on soundcloud and doesn't have a face tattoo that's like surprising doesn't she <laughs> spiritually i think she has a face tattoo yeah <laughs> I want I want to go on record as saying that I had a face tattoo like before SoundCloud even existed. I yeah, think, so. I didn't know there was a correlation between those two things. It's like a running joke about like Takashi six like a, a, you know yeah everyone everyone like the baby and everyone who blows up on SoundCloud. Oh, so her song was Ocean Eyes. Ocean Ooh. Eyes. Ocean right. Eyes. Yeah, no and she was like sixteen years old or fifteen years old when they she put that up on SoundCloud. Mm. And yeah, but and Bad Guy was a cover too, right? It was her brother's song first. And oh, really? Yeah, I think her brother. I think her brother. I don't know if he ever. Even There's a lot of writing it, but, for her. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I think he. That was actually a song that he that he wrote and recorded, and then her her version is technically a cover. But have you guys seen the music video to Bad Guy? Yeah. It's the That's, horror one, right? Like, yeah, it's, I think it's pretty awesome. Actually, it's like horror comedy too, because there's like the dads with the you know the beer bellies, and she's riding around on a tricycle, and she bursts through the paper. I, it's like a cool. I mean, I don't know who the who the uh, cinematographer is for that, but like, yeah, it feels like fun and seventeen, and like dark black or black mirror horror all at the same time. Yeah, it's cool. It's it, it it's a good video. You know, horror the genre is, is really hot right now. It was it was well timed like that that video in terms of its vibe and its content. And Billie Eilish is not about her sex appeal, which is also another thing that I sort of like about her. Yeah, right? I just I mean, yeah. What's I have a, a friend. But Mystique has its own sex appeal, uh, and true. that's partly what what she's doing, I think. Which mm -hmm. but which is awesome and and totally clever, you know. Yeah. So not being dismissive, like. I think that what she's doing is smart. It's sort of like the mystique. And, um, I mean, she doesn't come out in revealing clothes. Right. And it, yeah. it makes it, you know, even more sort of f uh, forbidden and taboo in a way that mm -hmm. she's 17 because she's 17 and she's covering up. So if you're if you're getting any kind of sexual vibe from her voice, it's completely just from her voice. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Right. It's something that you are bringing to the table that she is not putting on the table. Yeah, totally. It's on you for um, yeah. being a creep. Well, she's, I mean, <laughs> 18. she's 18, she's 18 now. Though. Not that, I mean, I'm, I, I don't have a dog in this fight, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't help how you are perceived after a certain extent. I think she's gone out of her way to not be perceived with a sexual lens, but rather as like a grungy, like 
fuck you garbage genius way. It's like Sinead O'Connor shaving her head, right? It's it's kind of the modern version of that. Is that it's, sexy? Um, it was no, but it was it was like anti-sexy, and I uh. and I feel like that's in a way like it's sexy through being anti. Being who was that? Who was the Canadian artist that was like a skateboarder? And oh, um, skater boy. Avril, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne. Yeah, Avril. There's a theory she, that she's a clone. A clone. Yeah. There's a there's a good. Uh, so can you explain? Tell that? me more. <laughs> I, don't know. Yes. I mean, I don't want to derail this too much, but it's just the the most interesting thing about her now is um, right after Skater Boy, like between two albums, um, I mean, the internet thinks. Does Benji Madden know? Isn't that who she's married to? I have no idea. The guy from Good Charlotte. Oh, uh, best Charlotte, really. Um, <laughs> but that she like the real one. The real Avril like died or overdosed or something, and this you know she was such a hit. Billy Shears, it's the new Billy Shears. Who's Billy Shears? He's the guy who allegedly replaced Paul McCartney when Paul was. Oh there. Yeah. yeah, same thing. Mentioned yeah. in Sgt. Pepper, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, same principle. Yeah, like it's too big to fail, so they you know surgery up a lookalike. But Avril Lavigne got Lyme disease. That's why she dropped off the planet. So is that why they oh, came up with this conspiracy? Well, Lyme that- disease is a conspiracy too. Not that Lyme disease doesn't exist, but there's what this. Are you, what are you, you talking about? Life. So, well, why don't we reserve that for another <laughs> podcast? You really think Lyme disease is a conspiracy, right? Well, no, there's a. My wife got Lyme disease. Wait, so there's yeah. a huge um, network of alternative doctors who they will diagnose someone with Lyme, even though they fail the test for Lyme. Mm-hmm. And these doctors all happen to be very expensive and they all happen to be very. So it's a racket, you're saying? It's a racket. Yeah. Well, it's Can diagnosing be. Lyme is difficult. So, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and then lots of people have Lyme, and there's ways you can, like, not come up on a test even if you legitimately have Lyme. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, you know... But getting a, back to Avril, she yeah. claimed she had Lyme disease, whether she had it or not. Um, and then that's why she stopped recording. I don't know, is she back in the business? Is she recording now? Do Have we heard anything from her? Um, but, but I only brought her up because she was in the way that Billie Eilish is. It wasn't about the typical being revealing sexuality. Sort of different. Or do I, I have that? Know, do I have that wrong was, about Avril? Uh, first of all, later in her career, she w- definitely went you know, down that road. Went down that road. Yeah. In the early stuff, it was like I guess it was kind of androgyny, but not really. It was like it. It was definitely like still sort of like cute schoolgirlish, like you know, mm-hmm. wearing a tie. You know, like. Wearing a tie, I'm androgynous, but actually I'm not androgynous at all. And know? how old was she when she hit? She was like 17. She was 17 too. Something wow. like that, yeah. Wow. So how long have we been going? Looks like a... We should, we should set up like one of those like blitz chess clocks, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel we need to edit this down. Does this feel like it needs to be edited down? I this that's the kind of thing that I find you always have to like take a day and then listen to it. In yeah, my, in my experience, we've been going for how long? Little Forty to, minutes. The little bit of YouTube videoing I've done, I find that I need to like wait and watch it the next day. Is there an average length to a podcast? Nah, they they kind of almost the same way television shows do. They fit into different formats. Like there's twenty minute podcasts, there's forty minute podcasts, there's hour and a half podcasts, roughly. Mm-hmm. And sorry, to get a 40 minute podcast, you got to record 60 minutes or our podcast down. I mean, there's, there's a lot of podcasts that don't edit at all mm-hmm. unless you say something weird. I, I don't know if we said anything weird. I don't have a memory. <laughs> it's, it's more like if we said something wrong. That we, <laughs> we don't want to look stupid. That, that's, that's what, that's what my editing's 
before usually. And do podcasts have to have a name? Yeah. Well, oh god. I mean, they have to be searchable. What do you suggest, Kevin? I suggest not trying to come up with it on the spot on the microphone. Yeah. Why? That's, that's a pretty high pressure situation. It's like that's like parallel parking when the city bus is waiting to get by, you know, and everybody's watching you. Yeah. By the way, I nailed that the other day. And there was a motorcycle. I took a picture. There was a mo I had to do it with a motorcycle, just a few inches on each side, motorcycle in the back with a city bus waiting. Nice. I, w- I really thought the bus was going to pass and everyone's going to be golf clapping <laughs> me. But they large they looked largely nonplussed. And how often do they come out? So let's assume that we have a 40 minute podcast. Yeah. Kevin and I create this. Um, you don't want to be less than twice a month, I think. So twice a month. Twice twice a month at least, or people might unsubscribe or you know, just once a week? Is once a week too much for us? Does that like sound like every so, other week? It's uh, does every other week twice sound a month sounds good to me, but yeah. we can maybe do four four a month. And um and I guess we have to figure out what we're going to talk about the next time, but we don't have to do that on mic. We can do that between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. So today's podcast, number one, are we done? Number one. Number one. Congratulations, guys. Congrats to you. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, Kevin. This has been great. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say we, we if if we, we could. Um, if you're not topical. I was gonna say if we had. To, well, I think we should.